Good evening, it's Tuesday the 3rd of April and I've got a few minutes to record a cheesecast quickly so we'll see how much of what I thought I might like to get through I can actually get through. So I'll start with books on the shelf. I got in the mail a copy of The End of Equality, Work, Babies and Women's Choices in 21st Century Australia by Anne Summers. Um, and it's a little bit ranty, but it's also very interesting. Uh, it's obviously written a lot earlier than this. Check the exact date that it was published. Um, because it's talking about the Prime Minister as being John Howard. And um, that's definitely not. So it's 2003. But it's still very relevant because it's 2018 now. And... Uh, really not a lot going forward in the way of um, the ability to access fair, um, you know, childcare and things like that. And um, the Childcare Workers March was on recently and uh, I was very supportive of the childcare workers from my child's childcare centre going because I think it's really important. There's actually, it's a huge and very important shift in how we value work that needs to happen and it's um it's it's a real bummer to be caught in the crossfire and I feel like that's that's pretty much the situation that I'm in <laughs> um it's hard to move forward without taking two steps back career-wise and income-wise um other books I'm making a bit of a dent in David Foster Wallace's The Pale King but every time I pick it up and every time I read even just a bit of it I think I'd much rather take time off everything to read this properly because it's it's just so good. It's so fucking good. It makes everything else that's going on seem like, eh, you know. <laughs> so while I am reading it, I'm also sort of putting off reading it because um, I'd like to, yeah, really, really give it proper time and attention. And I feel like at the moment in my life, it's just not going to get that. I did uh, pick up a copy of When Elephants Weep, The Emotional Lives of Animals. I started reading that by Geoffrey Masson and Susan McCarthy. And uh, I didn't expect it to be quite so passionately introduced. The introduction is basically um, a rant, you know. Obviously, I'm attracted to rants. wonder why. Um, about, see, this is psychiatric lexicons contain the term alexithymia for the condition of people who cannot describe or recognize emotions, who are able to define them only in terms of somatic sensations or behavioral reaction rather than relating to accompanying thoughts. Such people do not seem to understand what feelings are. It's, it's really good. It's really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I managed to pick up a copy of Barbara Kingsolver's The Lacuna, but that's really to go on the shelves rather than to be read with any sense of urgency because I have already read it and I really loved it. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I've added Dutch to my roster of languages that I do in the evening. It's now my sixth language. Um, I'm not doing it very intensively, but I do have um, a reason to visit the Netherlands and I would really like to go with at least a few phrases and... Oh, is that what you're talking Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, um, hello, I am a woman. appears <laughs> to be a, a phrase that Duolingo thinks I might find useful should I want to visit the Netherlands. So I'm looking forward to using that. I finished um, all of the episodes of the, the, um, the new version of Queer Eye and I was actually a little bit heartbroken when I realised that that was the last episode. I'd, I'd watched them all and... Um, that I think really is the sign of it, it being such a good show when you realise that you're going to miss these people and you can't wait for there to be more episodes. And speaking of actually getting up to that point in TV shows, I'm up to date with Billions and Unreal. I don't know if I'm quite up to date with Younger, but any day now I'll reach the end of what's available and I'll end up having to wait every week. And then we'll be right back into 
you know how it was waiting for Twin Peaks to come out every every week. I never actually went back and watched the rest of Twin Peaks, the new version. Ooh. It just kind of fell by the wayside. I'm really excited about Billions coming back. It, it makes me feel really happy to see it trending on Stan because um, I just love Paul Giamatti and I really love the series. Like I um I get a lot out of it. And I was thinking about Younger that I was watching the other day. What a brilliant piece! What brilliant television Younger really is. It's it's excellent. It's um it's it's genius television really. Um and it's got such respect for all of its collaborators and. And it does sort of make some really worthwhile cultural comments by using characters that are relatable and situations that are, well, they're loaded with meaning. I mean, you've got a, an older woman working in publishing, which is a traditional medium, and then you've got this disruptor investor guy who's on the spectrum and can't process emotions. And then you've got, um, I'd love seeing Debbie Mazar. It's just so fantastic to see Debbie Mazar in something and it made me re it made me think about when I first came across her. She was Madonna's makeup artist. I don't know if anybody else remembers Debbie Mazar from that, but that's when I first came across her name. And there was a picture of her with her rockabilly, amazing look. And I've since watched her in you know, Entourage, and which which for some reason I rewatched the film of Entourage. And I understand the Kimmy Schmidt thing about Entourage is awful, and why would you want to watch it again? But I get a lot out of it. And even though I recognise that it's it's a boob fest. It's also got some really strong female characters and it doesn't shy away from some difficult discussions about sex and fidelity and, you know, morality. And it's couched in a very masculine world for sure. But I think that Entourage has really gone outside of its own comfort zone to include viewers like me. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that because it's a fascinating insight into the world of movies. Speaking of the world of movies, though, I was rereading my book, Heidi Klum's Body of Knowledge, which is basically kind of like a oh, motivational textbook. Um, and I really like Heidi Klum. I love this book. It's, it's fantastic. But in it, she's included quotes from not only Harvey Weinstein, but Donald Trump. And you sort of find yourself, I find myself looking at it going, ooh. But then, I, you know, Yes, Harvey Weinstein's a pig, but maybe he wasn't a pig to Heidi Klum. Donald Trump is president of the United States. Like, I guess nothing's simple. Nothing's simple. <laughs> I still recommend Heidi Klum's Body of Knowledge if you ever come across it in the $5 bin, which is where I found it. And um, even though it's got water damage, I'm not going to throw it out because it's actually a really lovely book about how to make the most of opportunities and... I guess when you look at someone like Heidi Klum, it's really easy to dismiss her based on your prejudices. And so unpacking those prejudices, she's really done all the hard work for you. She, she's very open about who and what she really is. She comes from a really strong and healthy family base. She's got a good head on her shoulders and she's got natural, beautiful, massive, well, not massive, but, you know, she's, she's a natural buxom beauty. And I, I mean, I just have to respect that. I find find it difficult to deal with my own femininity at times, but Heidi Klum's, I, I sort of feel like, yeah, go, you go, girl. Um, just briefly on music before I, I cut this episode, because I, I do, I really don't have a lot of time. Um, you can probably hear in my voice, I'm rushing it a little bit, but I'm, I'm squeaking this in before um, bath time and all the other things that I have to do. I did get a few new CDs. Um, I think I've mentioned that I've been listening to a lot of Wolf Alice and that 
album, especially that song, Don't Delete the Kisses. Oh my God, that's such a good song. I'm in love with Tove Stroker. I don't know how you say her surname, but Say My Name is just incredible. And it works really well with Bellyache by Billie Eilish. It's, it is, just does work really well. Still in love with that Sigma track, Find Me with Birdie. But I managed to get a copy of the editor's album, um, it's called The Back Room or something, um, and it's got Munich on it, which is such an amazing track. So I'm looking forward to getting that loaded up onto the um, the laptop and, and onto the SD card and into the car, which is how I'm actually successfully listening to stuff these days. And um, Oh, just realising that I completely tailed off and forgot to add more than my first top two albums. I think I did... What did I do? I think I did Richard Davies, Telegraph and Pixies, Trompe Le Monde. But I think these questions are best answered fairly quickly and without, you know, agonising too much because really who has time to agonise over your top ten list on Facebook? Facebook and the Cambridge Analytical Data scandal continues to unfurl. Um, Spotify is about to release its IPO. It's been valued at something like $27 billion, which I think is really interesting considering that Napster, you know, crashed and burned and it was such a similar idea. And you think, mm, well, I guess Spotify's legal. There you go. They finally caught up. The industry's finally caught up. The law's finally caught up, at least that far. I still don't like, I, I still don't subscribe to music services. I would much rather buy something on CD, put it on my computer and own it and have it. And, you know, that's mine. So I don't know. Maybe I'm still cynical. Still watching house prices go up and down, still taking a, a great interest in the um, elections that are going on. Really, really disappointed in the result for South Australia. I think it's such a shame that they were now going to go a couple of steps backwards politically when they were making such great leaps forward. But you know what? People are scared and they're worried about their jobs and the conservative parties have a lot of money to throw at seats, which uh, most humans don't, you know, most, most of the people don't have the money to defend their political ideology to the, in the way that the Liberals do. And you look at Malcolm Turnbull's $1.7 million donation to the Liberals and that kind of does really say a lot <laughs> about the playing field that these people are, are, are playing on. It's not level, it never was. Um, it's not level in the UK, it's not level in America, and it's not level in Australia. So there you go. And on that note, um, I'm going to take my glass of Eden Valley Pusey Vale Riesling and get my um, little boy in the bath. But I'm glad to be back with you and I really hope that you're well. And I know that I sort of come and go with this, but so you don't have to listen to it. It's great if you do. It's fine if you don't. I really don't mind. And but if you are listening and you're enjoying it, thanks. And it's for you, you know. So take care of yourself and I will see you next Tuesday.